Man, this is our final week of our uh, Go series. And over the past three weeks, if you haven't had the opportunity to be with us, we've been working through our mission, our passion here at HSM, which is to go love, lead, and listen to our community. The reality is those three things are what are missing in our schools. Whether you go to public school, private school, it doesn't matter. We miss those things in our everyday lives. Uh, For a lot of us, they're missing in our friendships. They're missing in our relationships. They're missing in our families and in our homes. And these are the three things that when Jesus came to earth, put skin on, and lived his perfect life, they're the three things that he exemplified best. And so that's what we want to be able to do as well. And to be completely honest, today uh, was an audible. Today, and if you don't know what an audible is, today was a change. Um, We were supposed to be doing a standalone, getting ready for our next series uh, that starts next week called Hostel, where we're going to be taking a look at Daniel and everything that he walked through. I think it's going to be really good. But about two weeks ago, We were sitting, and man, I've just been praying about it and praying for what God wanted for this series because I felt like it was so much more than giving away sweatshirts and so much more than just going back through these three things that mean a lot to us in our ministry. I really believe that God was wanting to use this time and these passages for us to take a deep look inward and go, what do I need to do to go? And we've talked about it a little bit, but there's some of us that are just still sitting in the starting blocks of the race, and we're afraid to get going because we don't know necessarily what it's going to mean for us. We don't know how it's going to change our lives and this comfortable, normal place that we're currently living in and that we currently exist in, to be honest, just seems better and just seems easier. But that's not what we're called to. So today I would love for us to take a look at Luke 10, verse 1 is where we're going to be. If you brought your Bible, I know they did it earlier, if you brought your Bible, let me see it. Love it. Guys, having the word on your phone is amazing, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, there is nothing, nothing better than reading it straight from God's word. And if you need a Bible, if you say, man, I would love to, but I don't have one, come find me or Elise or Josh after the service. We will take down your name. We will order you a Bible. I would love for this entire room to be filled with students that are bringing in God's word every single week and digging into it. Because, and I've said this before, people who wear out their Bibles, whose Bibles look worn down and tired because they're reading them so much, typically have faiths and have lives that are not worn down and tired. But there's a whole lot of people that feel spiritually that they are downtrodden and that they can't take anymore and they're exhausted and they're tired and their Bibles are never open. I just don't think that's a correlation that um, is a coincidence. And so if you want one, I would, I would love if everybody came to me and said, yes, I would love one. And we spent the rest of our budget for the year buying Bibles. I think that would be the greatest thing ever. 
okay? Luke 10, verse 1 is where we're going to start. This really is kind of hitting home the rest of the series and what we're wanting. So this is Jesus. Um, it says this, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So, real quick, just because I'm from this area and know that most of you are from this area that is out on this map, therefore, you might not be on a farm a whole lot. So, I just want to make sure that we're clear on what Jesus is saying right here. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Here's what he means. What I have to offer, what life with me brings is bountiful, it's plentiful, the gospel is incredible. But the people that are willing to go and spend their lives working towards it are few. There's not many people that are willing to go out into the harvest and to work and to till and to bring it to other people. There's a lot of people that may say that, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, I know Jesus, but they're not willing to go out and be laborers for his cause, be laborers for his name, be laborers for the gospel. That's why he tells them to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out other laborers. Jesus was sending this group of 72 into these towns before he arrived so that they would know his name so that they would know what he was capable of and why he ultimately came, which was to give them new life. He, he was completely changing everything about society at this point, guys. Jesus was changing the entire thing. You've got a lot of people who grew up with Jewish customs, Jewish traditions, and Jewish beliefs, and now there's this man claiming to be the one that they've waited on for hundreds and hundreds of years, and he's breaking the mold. It's a big, big deal. And so he's sending people out to prepare the harvest. But check out what Jesus says in verse 3. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. I don't know if you watch much Animal Planet. Okay, I used to love Animal Planet. All right, because Crocodile Hunter would come on at like 6, and then Jeff Corwin would come on at 6.30, and I would just sit there for a whole hour watching them tackle animals. It was wild. But if you don't know much about animals, if you've got sheep and you've got wolves, wolves tend to eat the sheep, right? Like the sheep didn't just show up with like this superpower and take out the wolf. Um, in fact, during this time, a lot of shepherd's job was protecting his sheep from snakes, from wolves. And so it's interesting there that Jesus says, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And guys, man, isn't that the truth about the life that we live as believers and we go out into an unbelieving world taking this message it does feel like we are lambs going out in the midst of wolves. People that are looking to discredit, disclaim, put you down for what you believe, hold you back for what you believe. If you don't buy into that, just turn on 
any kind of news outlet, turn on any kind of TV show, and there's always somebody who is the stereotypical Christian that they are just wearing out, reaming out, making fun of. Guys, this is the world that we live in today. And so you hear all this and go, well, Casey, this is not much of a pep talk to make me want to go do it, right? Like this doesn't get me excited to go and to share the gospel. In fact, it makes me a little scared. The thing I appreciate about Jesus is that he's not lying to these 72 that are about to go out. They know what's at stake. They know what they're going to face. They know what could potentially happen to them. And there's a lot of people that frankly don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And yet, I believe the greatest evidence is that those people that were Jesus' disciples end up losing their life later on. They're all killed for what they believe. So the ones that spent the most amount of time with him end up dying for it. I think it gives us a pretty good idea that what Jesus came and said and did was real. But I think this passage just applies so well to where we live today, guys. I think this is something that we struggle with Because it's scary. And we don't want to call it scary because we're supposed to be super Christians. Or I grew up in church, therefore I should, of course, want to go do this. And it shouldn't be a problem. And yet, I'm so scared to tell other people what I believe. I'm so scared to just invite somebody to church. Because I have no idea what it's going to do to me at school. I have no idea what it's going to do to me on my team. I have no idea how people are going to react. And so there's a lot of us that know that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, but we just want to leave it to those laborers at this point. I got one challenge for you today. That's it. This is one thing that we're going to be honing in on and talking about for the next couple of minutes. It's going to go up on the screen. And this goes for every person in the room. God has equipped you for more than sitting on the sidelines. God has equipped you for more than sitting on the sidelines. I don't know how many of you play sports, grew up playing sports. That was just kind of what we did, right? I've told the story of our neighborhood football team that didn't have any opponents. Like, that's just what we did. Nobody signs up for a team, whether you're going out baseball, football, basketball, soccer, pick a sport, I don't care. Um, Nobody signs up for the team and then gets there to practice and gets to the game and they put in all the work and then coach goes, all right, you ready to go in? Mm, Nope. I'm good. I like my bench seat. Like the guy that never also gets into the game, right? We've become good friends over here. 
I think I'm just going to watch. This is really just a good ticket. Tickets are expensive, coach. And so I thought the best way to get the best view was to be on the team, right? But I have no interest in going in the game. Nobody does that. We all want to play. Remember being an elementary school kid and you would go outside and they would pick teams for whatever made-up game that you would come up with? And if you weren't picked, your blood would boil, right? Either you wanted to cry because you were embarrassed or frustrated or you just wanted to take out pure vengeance against other 10-year-olds that didn't pick you, right? Like, we all want to be a part of the game. That's the great thing about it. And yet, there is so many of us that when it comes to our walk with the Lord and our faith, we do turn and look at God and go, you know what, God, I'm good sitting right here. This is good with me. Like, I prefer not having to be in the mix, right? I can proclaim to be a Christian. I can tell other people that I believe in you because, I mean, it seems like that's what everybody's doing. But to actually get out and tell other people and to actually go out and serve, to go out and to love people and to lead and to listen, uh, you know what? God, I think you got a pretty good team out there right now. I'm, I like my seat. I feel good. I think I'm going to get to go to heaven because of this. I'm good. That's how a lot of us treat our walk with the Lord, and that's how we treat Christianity. And so here's what we end up with. We end up with a world of people that don't know the gospel, people who don't know the name of Jesus. They don't know why Jesus came. It doesn't make any sense to them. They don't know that accepting Jesus into their hearts can change their lives forever and change the outlook and trajectory of their walk in their time on earth. There is thousands, millions of people across the world that don't know it. And yet, there's only a small few that go, you know what, I want to go and I want to take it to them. I want to be the one to make a difference. Sadly, the state that we've gotten to as believers, we're cool kicking it on the sidelines. Like, we're just good with it. It's safer. There's no wolves on the sideline. There's no heartache on the sideline. But there's missed opportunity and there's regret. That's what exists on the sideline. Yeah, you're not having to deal with any of the danger. Yeah, you're not having to deal with any of the feedback. But you're also not getting to watch the Holy Spirit and the power of a living God work inside somebody's life. And there will be a day where you look back, it might be in high school, it might be in college, might be as an adult, it might be at the end of your life, but there will be a day where you look back and wish you had done more. And wish you had been willing to go out and be all that God created you to be. 
one of my least favorite activities on earth is having to call people on the phone. Like, I'm 25, and it's like, can we just text about this? I just don't like talking on the phone. I get really uncomfortable. If I ever have to leave you a voicemail, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize just right now because you're going to think I'm a psychopath because it's the weirdest. I get to the voicemail, and it's like, hey, uh, uh, it's Casey, but you know that because uh, you got caller ID. But it's me, and I'm calling you. Oh, what was I calling you about? Yeah, I was calling you about this thing that I really don't want to talk about on a voicemail. Uh, so if you could call me back, or you don't have to call me back. Actually, just text. It's awkward, right? Like, it is just, it's a, it's a mumbling disaster. I hate phone calls, and I really hate talking to people I don't know on the phone. Right? When a number pops up that I don't recognize, I want to vomit. Like, I want to throw up. Because if it's a salesperson, I'm going to end up buying something I really don't want, right? Because I am so, so bad on the phone. So, here's the easiest thing to do. Ignore. Right? I am so quick on that ignore trigger. When my phone starts to vibrate, boom, ignore. It's my mom calling me for the ninth time. Boom, ignore. I just don't want to talk on the phone. Just text me, right? I'm just kidding. I love my mother. But I ignore calls all the time. Like, it is just so much easier. And then I'll text them and go, hey, you know, what's up? I just prefer it that way. Guys, there's one call at some point, though, none of us can ignore. And it's the call that God's placed on your life. And we're trying to do the same things that I do with phone calls. Ignore it, push it to the side. Ignore it, push it to the side. Ignore it, I'll let it go to voicemail. Ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. The challenge for some of you today, you got to answer the call. Because you know what he's wanting to do in your life. You've felt it. You've been sitting maybe in this room for the past few weeks and you've really begun to thought, man, maybe this is what God has placed me here for. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. When we talk about taking the gospel to other people, your brain begins to think of people in your life that don't know Jesus. But then we ignore the call because I'm not ready. I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. Guys, it's time to pick up the phone and answer. Like it's time. I don't want you to look back on your high school years with regret because you weren't willing to trust in what God already knows that he can do in you. You're not doing it by yourself. You've got the living, breathing power of the creator of the universe that exists inside of you. And yet we allow a multitude of things to hold us back. Some of us are just scared. Scared of what? There's a long list. We're scared. 
Some of us are just fearful of the rejection that it'll bring in our lives. That we won't be able to get back who we are just being on the sideline and ignoring the call. This one, I think, may be the majority of the room. Some of you don't feel like you deserve that you're good enough to pick up the phone. Like some of you think that God has you sitting on the bench, sitting on the sideline because of something you've done. A mistake that you made in the past, in error, you slipped up. Maybe it's something you're still battling and dealing with and you're going, man, there's no way God could use me with that. And so we come up with this list of prerequisites of what allows us to go out there and to be one of those that are going into the harvest, to be one of those laborers. We come up with this long list like we're trying to get into college. Well, I can't do this. I haven't done that. I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared for that. And now's not the time. Guys, now is the time. Now's the time. Otherwise, everything in your life is going to look the same. School's going to look the same. Walk with the Lord's going to feel the same, and you're going to wonder where He's at. This room, let's be honest, is just going to look the same. We'll have good weeks, lots of people, it's awesome. I don't want to settle for good. I don't want to settle for good in my own life. And yeah, it's scary. But it's worth it. These people that went out in Luke 10 might not have realized how big of a deal what they were doing was going to go on and be. But who's saying that because of them, we're sitting here today talking about this? It would have been really easy to go, you know what? I can't give that up. I can't turn my back on my family. There's no telling if we're sitting here today in this room talking about what we're talking about if it wasn't for people like this and people like this throughout history. Guys, there could be history changers in this room right now, whether you believe it or not. God has equipped you for more than just sitting on the sideline and ignoring his call. Underneath each seat, there's a pen and, and note card. Everybody's got one. Here's what I want you to do with that pen and note card. Over the next few minutes, there's going to be some things that pop up on the screen for you guys to be praying about. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking for this to be a personal time with you and the Lord. 
I don't want you worrying about who's to your left. I don't want you worrying about who's to your right. This might be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done. That's great. We're all in it together. But as things pop up on the screen for you to pray about, the things that trigger your heart, the things that you go, man, I really need to pray about this and talk about this. I want you to write those things down. What are the things that you feel are holding you back? What are the things that you're scared of? Then what do you think God can do through you? So there's gonna be just things that prompt up on the screen that I'm gonna begin to lead us through. Here's our first one. What area of my life do I need to improve? If there's something you wanna write down for that that you feel is holding you back, great. If not, you don't have to. But I want you to pray right where you're sitting. God, what area of my life do I need to improve? For some of you, it might be how you talk to people. For some of you, it might be this addiction. It might be this battle that nobody knows about that you're not willing to confess, but you know the sin's holding you back and needs to be brought to the light. So the next couple of seconds, I want you to pray, you and the Lord, what area of my life do I need to improve? Here's the next thing I want you guys to pray about. You can keep your heads bowed, eyes closed, you can keep riding. What has been holding me back from living for Christ? Is it fear? Is it insecurity? Are you scared of what people will think of you? Are you scared because you won't be able to control the future? Not that we can right now, but giving that up to God, man, that's terrifying. What's been holding you back from living for Christ? Maybe it's how you love. Maybe it's how you lead. Maybe it's how you listen. Maybe those are the improvements that you need to make. I want you to pray that. What's holding me back from living for Christ? These next things that are going to pop up on the screen, these are prayers that I want you to cry out from the depths of your soul. Because here's what I believe. I believe that God hears our prayers, undoubtedly. But I also believe that God hears big and bold prayers just as much as he hears the ones that we whisper. Sometimes we're afraid to take big things to God because we don't want to overwhelm him. Guys, you're not going to overwhelm God. It's impossible. The really interesting thing in Luke 10, 3 is before they go out, Jesus asked those 72 to pray for what they're about to do. To pray for the laborers that they're going to be in the harvest and that others would come alongside of them. That's what we're going to be doing. Here's the next thing I want you guys to pray about. Pray for a heart that is set on the needs of others. Maybe this is a struggle in your life. 
Maybe you struggle with being selfish and putting other people's needs before your own. Man, that's just too much. Pray for a heart that's set on the needs of others. Pray for strength to stand confident in what God's called you to do. You know, we live in a world of good and evil. And it's crazy how fast that we will say yes to what God has called us to, how quickly the enemy's going to try to step in and draw out insecurities to keep you from that thing. But here's what we know. The book's already been written. Good defeats evil at the end of the day. Jesus defeated death. We win at the end of the day, guys. We don't lose this fight. Pray for that confidence that what God's called you to is bigger than you and that you believe in it and there's nothing that's going to hold you back from it. Finally, pray for God to be bigger than those things that have been holding you back from taking the gospel out. Pray for God to be bigger than the fear. Pray for God to be bigger than the insecurities. Pray for God to be bigger than the lies. Pray for God to be who only God can be. Here's the crazy thing. We read in the Old Testament about these unbelievable things that God did. We've got David defeating Goliath. We've got him shutting the mouths of lions when they're with Daniel for an entire night. Elijah is up on the mountain and he calls down fire from heaven and it rains. That's the same God that we get to pray to today. He didn't change. So whatever those things are, they're not bigger than God. They're bigger than us, no doubt. But they're not bigger than who God is. Now, I want to pray for us as a room. After I pray, the, the band's going to play one more song. Here's what I want during that time. Maybe you just need to sit there and reflect. Maybe you just need to reflect on those things that you're dealing with. Maybe you need to pray with somebody. We've got our small group leaders that are here in the back. Maybe you need to find your small group leader and pray with them. Small group leaders, feel free to begin to spread a out the room and to pray with students as they're sitting there. Maybe you just want to get on your feet and lift your hands and worship from the depths of your soul. That's good too. But guys, it's time to go. It's time we go. Individually and as a ministry. From here on out, there's no looking back. We're moving forward to what God has called us to do. Would you pray with me?
Father, I know how scary this is. I would like to say I was just scared of it as a high schooler, but God, I'm still scared of it today. There's so many things that just terrify us. And fear wants to keep us contained. But God, you're calling students in this room to so much more than that. God, you're calling them to big things. You're calling them to big lives. You're calling them out into the harvest and to bring people with them. God, we've got people that are going to change schools in this room. Ignite that fire in their hearts right now. God, we've got people in this room that are going to begin to bring their family members to church. God, ignite that fire. Don't let the past hold them back. Don't let insecurities, what they're afraid people are going to say. God, break those chains in here today. But God, there's also a reality that there's some students, the first step that they have to take in this whole process is saying yes to you. Maybe they've been coming to church for a little while. Maybe it's their first time. And they know what, they're, what you're capable of. And they know that there's just this missing void in their hearts. And that there's nothing that fulfills it. There's no amount of earthly emotions or things that fill what's missing in their hearts. God, the only thing that does that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're in here today and you feel that void and you feel that part of you is missing, man, it would be an honor to lead you in a prayer to say yes to Jesus and answer that call. And it's all about where your heart's at. The prayer, the words are just words. But just repeat this in your hearts after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe that you lived for me and I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you got up out of the grave for me. So God, I'm asking you to break me fear or break me free of fear and lies and insecurities. And I'm asking Jesus, come step out of heaven and step into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. And I believe there's people in this room that prayed that for the very first time today. If you did, I want you to take your first bold step in this walk with Jesus. Would you just lift your hand up? If you just prayed that for the very first time, amen. We got hands on, keep them up and lift them high. Lift them high. You got nothing to be ashamed of. That is the greatest decision that you can make. There's people that are passing out cards just to say, congratulations, you have made the greatest choice of your entire life and just ways that you can follow up. That way we can help get you started in this walk with Christ. God, thank you for still being in the life-changing business. 
Better yet, the life-saving business. God, I pray that we leave here today on fire. Feet out of the starting blocks, stepping off the sidelines, answering the call. God, we are ready to live for you. And may we lift your praise on high today and the rest of our days. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.